This is Space Cat's Peace Turtles. Unofficially, a board game podcast. Episode 202. Why? You should play Oath. Music by Brian Capillis, featuring Matt Martins and Hunter Donaldson. The Neil Hamburger thing. <laughs> Great. <laughs> That's how every Neil Hamburger joke, he goes, why? <laughs> All of his jokes are set up as the classic, like, I ask you a question sure. and then here's your funny, here's answer. Your funny answer. Yeah. Yeah. But is it is it funny with Neil Hamburger? No, it's called anti-humor, <laughs> which is when it's not funny on purpose. And, th- and that's what makes it actually funny. Here's the thing Hunter, about I understand comedy. I think on a level maybe Yeah, you're but not you don't you don't it. understand Neil Hamburger because here's the thing about Neil Hamburger yeah. that a lot of people don't know is he's actually hilarious. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. and if you are actually funny, yeah. then you can make anti-humor work, but right. you have to already yeah. be funny. But also, you can make a really depressing, just super depressing movie that isn't funny, but it's just mostly depressing. Yeah, I don't sign off on that movie. <laughs> I'm uh, entertainment you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't care about that. Yeah. Have you ever heard? Okay, so two things, two Neil Hamburger things. First thing, great phone calls. Have you ever heard that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, you know about great. You've Flo- shown me that. I've shown you that. So yeah, he's hilarious. Second of all, do you know about Hot February Nights? No. Hot February Nights is, uh, so Tenacious D who you're aware of, mm-hmm. uh, toured with Neil Hamburger as the opener. And this is when Tenacious D was huge. <laughs> so they were playing like really big venues. So Hot February Nights <laughs> is a recording of Neil Hamburger opening for Tenacious D to a crowd that has no idea who he is and no idea what he does. And they get upset. Yeah, <laughs> They are just like really pissed off. And it is so funny. It is so funny. They're like boo cheering like they're like all like get off the stage wow get off the stage it is funny how often i just finished reading uh the h john benjamin memoir oh yeah failure is an option yeah yeah and uh he also hates anybody who might come to one of his shows (laughs) (laughs) and wants them to feel bad about giving him money Yeah, that's that's a a thing in comedy. (laughs) Yeah, that's a special thing between a a comedian and their audience that they might grow to loathe deeply, and then that energy is what they perform in. Right. And I'll say this, it makes it so the show, what I enjoy about that type of thing, is the show is both the comedian and the audience. You have to sort of say, I am not in the audience. Right. I am watching you watch this person and then it becomes funny yeah very funny well welcome to, to our show <laughs> that doesn't have to be in it it that is in it, okay though. that was a fun uh side conversation of which we're so famous for our little tangents <laughs> are we famous for them i almost Ooh, never hear knows about our little tangents i almost never hear if any you... feedback on the tangents uh hunter our our itunes reviews are almost exclusively reviews of the tangents. that's true <laughs> that's true it's mostly about the tangents and the reviews but I know there are people here that are just here for the if for the If you meet. like this show, give us a five star review of Neil Hamburger. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. Oh go my watch, god, go watch or listen to Why? some Neil Hamburger and give a five star review of that 
in our iTunes feed. We would really yeah. appreciate that. Yeah, That'd yeah, definitely. That's the that's the game for for this one. Uh, last week we promised you. We made a promise, a solemn vow, that we would not talk about Twilight Imperium this week. I don't know why we promised that to you, but we promised it. Well, yeah, I mean, and it's obviously, not what you're here for. Well, right away we're gonna break that promise uh, because we actually have some yeah. errata right. uh, from last week's episode. We do, and by that I mean we don't have it yet. This yeah. is recorded in a timeline where it has not does not exist yet. Da- Daddy number one took a vacation last week, and Daddy, Daddy number, number two yeah. now gets to take a vacation, and that means we're recording things in a goofy order. So we're gonna actually cut. Can you be? Can I be Grand Daddy? Yeah, you and be you be Daddy. Daddy Daddy. I'm Daddy A. Daddy A and Grand Daddy. <laughs> um, so let's, let's do. We'll, we'll we'll let future daddies take over the errata for a second where uh we want to talk about uh what everybody else's ideas for how to introduce people to twilight imperium yeah let's cut to our two reporters on the ground uh (laughs) matt and hunter they've got some errata for us cut to yeah matt and hunter yes we are here on the ground uh from the future the ground the future ground ground in the future here with some errata from the past yes we're here coming to you live with errata that we've received on the field (laughs) we found this here we're gonna come to the people hello sir yes you sir here you i heard you were mad at us about our opinions on how to teach uh the game twilight imperium to a new group of players no i'm not mad uh but i am uh i guess what which one do you want me to do i'll do alpha squid Okay, I think that Matt and Hunter might underestimate how extra, in quotes, overwhelming it feels for a group of six new players to start with all the POK components from game one. As someone who played their first game on TTS recently with POK included, it was fine because the other five players already knew what was going on. Uh, it's really only a few extra things at the start, exploration and agents, and they are correct that you already don't know what you're doing with the base game. But when you ask how bad could it be to add in more things you don't really understand, I think the answer is a lot. Um, as a group of new players, your brain already doesn't know what to focus on with the eight strategy cards with two abilities each, the importance of command tokens, how activating a system works, how production works, how using planets work, etc. For a group of six new players adding agents, exploration, mechs, and legendary planets, etc., I think there's very little value gained uh, for the mental work cost of all that. Um, yeah. They followed up, Alpha Squid said, to my point the other day about not adding POK for a group's first learning game, a real-world example. The three of us started our first real game on TTS and played one round Tuesday night over two hours, saved the game, picked it up Friday, and I started to suggest we add promissory notes for round two, and before I could even start to explain them to my friend, my friend interrupted and said, please don't make this any more complicated. Yeah, that's a bummer. When you hear stuff like that, it's like, that's rough, because it sounds like these players are not having fun with how complicated the game is, <laughs> right. to be honest. Yeah, there's there's two things going on here. One is, you're right. I mean, a, a big part of our Learn to Learn was sort of assuming you know what you signed up for with Twilight Imperium and the weight of that and, and us kind of saying, hey, you kind of just have to swing for the fences a little bit. And that's our opinion. I, I, I agree that there's going to be some people that doesn't work on. And I think we also have to accept as friends and uh, people that this game isn't going to be for everybody. And if you see them, you know, beating their head against it, you don't you don't have to make them 
also I, at all. the promissory notes thing i think is why we're both like a little oh dang like, there's a lot more because to the thing is well the, the thing about promissory notes is that it's a part of the game that even when introduced is very ignorable yeah you do not i mean for a long time when i played i basically ignored Didn't, my promissory yeah. notes for the first year listen, of the show listen to our old guides and you yeah. can see how little we would just every paid. promissory note we would just be like i don't eh, really see how this could be good. good so we shouldn't even bother with it um <laughs> yeah so i mean i would say promissory notes is it, I think it's fine just to say they exist, and then if you're curious about yeah. them, you can use them or whatever. And I mean, honestly, that's how I would approach I think that's what we're trying to say when we say, like, take all the complexity on at once. It's not to say, actually take it all on. It's accept that there are many, many, many pieces and spend the time investing your brain into what comes up as it matters and don't think you have to get all of it into your brain right away and so we tried to focus on like the things you do need to get into your brain right away are the command counters and like strategy cards a couple things and everything else is stuff that you can slowly learn to take advantage of but you don't have to digest all of that right away so you might as well have it in front of you so that you have the flavor Mm -hmm. that it contributes to the factions and all of that and and for some of them you know something like Sardak Nor, their whole game changes when you present their commander and, and the player gets to maybe be excited by that. And I would rather excite my player than uh, pretend they might get overwhelmed by things that I don't know what's going on inside their head. Yeah, I think that uh, me and Matt just don't, what we don't want to do is create a problem of people learning the games in such a piecemeal manner that they are then surprised endlessly yeah. by new realizations from components that they just have been ignoring. So they learn to play the game in an environment where, oh, well, these things don't exist. And then all of a sudden they're like, oh, I thought I had a grasp on the game, but actually I do not because we've been, you know, like ignoring promissory notes. On the question of base game versus expansion, promissory notes is included in both. So that's not actually, that's, that's a, that's a whole almost separate issue of like, should you chop the game up yourself and kind of make right. like a homebrew version that's easier, right. essentially for for new players. Uh, and again, there's no yeah. there's no wrong way to do it. I just think what me and Matt are suggesting is that you try and take it on yeah. whole cloth, at least have it all available. Right. It's well, like a buffet, right? Like you could get, you can have whatever you want, but it's all there. Exactly. And there's a really good suggestion here from Jim is my fake name. We don't have uh, this Jim's real name, unfortunately. Yeah. We only have their fake name, which is Jim. Uh, but th- they have this awesome suggestion. Uh, in the guide, you mentioned starting a game, going one round, and then dropping it and playing the next day. To that, I would say, it took me three full games of TI4 before enough clicked for me to actually feel like I liked Twilight Imperium 4th Edition. And a big part of that was learning to endure an eight-plus-hour-long game. Yeah. So my advice, learn to play with a split-session game. Set a schedule. Play regularly for two-ish hours, one or two rounds at a time, and learn the game without the mind melting. Even today, with a better gaming endurance, split games are still my preference, especially with new players. This is a great thing. Hunter and I don't play a lot of splits, so it's not something that came to mind for us in writing this Learn to Learn, but I stand behind this idea like a thousand percent. If you can get your group to stick to the schedule, yeah. and that's the hard part. I think if I can Christmas land this a little bit, I think the best move would be that somebody in your gaming group will just let a table have twilight imperium set up all the time which is like that might for some people that might sound like well that's wild but we've heard of that people do that right um if this is happening on tts it feels like you get into that problem of like are we going to learn tts and we're going to learn twilight imperium at the same time which all which is a whole nother layer of uh complexity and also i mean i think both me and matt I mean, I remember 
myself learning TTS, and I was grumpy oh, about yeah. it. Yeah, I did not, not like learning no, TTS. It, it, it makes the game not fun for a while until it becomes um, second nature to you. Yeah. you. You have to get TTS to feel like you're playing in person it before me it's so enjoyable. Many games. I, well, and also that was, we were at a different stage with the mod at that point, sure. so I probably shouldn't It be. was really clunky yeah. at the time, and it's, it's significantly I less mean, clunky no, now. No, no, that, yeah, yeah. But now, TTS is still a certain level of clunkiness that is just unavoidable. Built in. It's just yeah. part of it. Yeah. yeah. But regardless, if you can do a split session, I totally agree. The idea that the eight hours is so daunting um, is is a big inhibitor for a lot of people, and I would definitely suggest splitting it up. The flip side of that coin is Big Al Cappuccino's suggestion here, which is keep the real-world social benefit of the first game high when learning Twilight Imperium. Focus on the people more than the game. Last year when we had our first ever game, we had my wife do a nice spread for lunch and she baked snacks. Ended up having to do dinner on the fly as well when the four-player game went ten hours and we were all first-time players. We now play at the local game store as she got tired of cooking for a bunch of nutty buddy dudes, but we still incorporate a lunch break normally at the end of round three before the agenda, order the food, the ex parte strategy uh, chat in the queue, then the agenda phase, and by that time, the food, done, whatever. They have a whole system, but the point is, and I feel like this is something I really wish we had harped on more, for most people, Twilight Imperium is an event day. Yeah, I mean, we mentioned it's, it, you know, we've sure. always called it the Super Bowl of board games. And right. for a lot of people, that is still the, the, the truth. They're going to play it maybe once a year, maybe twice a year. You, Can you imagine? Yeah. <laughs> what the dream. But but it, it you got to make a thing of it. I mean, if you're not going to, if you're, if you're, if you're going to either to Jim is my fake names thing and like, no, 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 we're just going to learn this game. We're going to spend two hours a day. We're just going to kind of like work it out. Or we're not going to focus on the game so much and we're just going to have a whole day of it and and really take our time with it that way and accept that it's going to be many, many hours that we're hanging out and find other ways to keep that from slowing us down. You know what's really crazy is I'm just realizing in this errata that we, in this episode, never say that you should just, like, check out our podcast. <laughs> like... <laughs> It's kind of it's kind of implied, right? Because you're listening to you're it. Listening to it right but now. we but you know, because like me and you, Matt, the way we learned the game was we actually just started thinking about it a lot when we weren't playing it, mm-hmm. and that's actually a really good way to that's learn a it. Pretty too. smart way. It's to also learn a really good game. sign that you should play this game. Yeah. Because if you're not thinking about it when you're not playing it, I don't know if you have. I don't know if you care. I doubt your commitment to Sparkle Motion. You know what I mean? Like that's how I feel. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's very true. Uh, it it I think we made a decent amount of assumptions in the guide that um, you were prepared to be consumed by this board game. Yeah, and that's our own biases leaking through there. That's uh, that's because we've been taken in by the deep ones, and yeah. uh, they're not letting go. What is it? Oh yeah, this is this is what I always say about what the show is and what Twilight Imperium is. The way we consume it, and the way a lot of people in our community consume it. It's like eating wedding cake every day. Every day <laughs> is what it's doing. And so then you just at first you're just like, this makes me sick. <laughs> but then it's like, you know, month three and you're like, it's fine, you know? Yeah. And you can survive off of it. There that. are different kinds of wedding cake and yeah. I love it all. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes there's a groom's cake and it's like <laughs> I don't know, a tree or something. <laughs> okay, well, I think that's that's going to do it on our Errata oh, yeah. for our Learn to Learn episode. Uh, we do have to kick it back yeah, to... Uh, we're going to have to kick it back. Yeah, this has you. been us on the ground. <laughs> Let's kick it back to the studio. What is today's episode about? Uh, we're doing another kind of introductory thing of a different board game. Here's the thing. 
uh, we have been bringing up this little game, this little nugget by our dear friends at Leader Games. They are our friends. They are our friends. If they're listening right now, you are our friend. Yeah. Okay. You don't and you don't get that this back. Is how you, <laughs> you don't get to stop. We we are your friends now and we will glob on and I'm very needy. Yeah, okay. Yeah. You'll be getting he late is. night messages. Let me tell you he is. I will be messaging you late at night and say, uh, Hey. But we we keep bringing up their game Oath. Yeah. And we wanted to take some time. We we wanted to have some off topic conversations and we thought it's time. Oath is out. People yeah. are getting their copies. You are able to go to leadergames.com slash SCPT and pre-order a copy if you weren't a part of the Kickstarter. Yeah. You can get a copy of Oath now and, and have it soon. So we want to give you all an opportunity of explaining to you why we think you should play Oath. Well, it's the 202th episode. <laughs> so we thought maybe it was a time to to add another game I to the repertoire. I love a good tooth episode. <laughs> oh, 202 uh, is where we're at. And it's a, it's a great place to be. And, you know, it's mostly been Twilight Imperium, and that is not going to change. Yeah. But we wanted to add another game to the uh, revolving door of other games we Hunter. occasionally talk about for a little is, bit. Is this the reveal? Is Oath game number three? I don't think we're going to name or like number the games yeah. like that anymore. It's not so like such a big deal that I just think occasionally we'll just talk about something else sure. that interests well, us. Well, and also to to, to very occasionally calm down, yeah. sit down. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey. Uh but but also to be even more clear, uh like we we did some stuff about Dune and we kind of bounced off of Dune. Um we liked it, but it wasn't something we could just continue doing. Yeah. And then we started doing stuff continue about Continue Dooning. Dooning. And then we started doing Root, and we still like Root a lot, and we want to do more stuff about yeah, Root. Root not, will, we are not done with Root. Yeah, Root's um, going to stick around. But uh, if you want weekly Root, you got to go check out Woodland War Machine. Um, but we're trying to, we're still trying to f- give you some of our that sister Root podcast. But our sister podcast. That, that Woodland War Machine, I want to claim that we started that podcast. Oh, do you? Yeah. I want to claim that we Gross. started that like Inception style. Uh-huh. Like we got into, we imagined a podcast so hard <laughs> that it got into. We wanted something so bad that somebody else got the idea they dreamed it. of it when yeah. i inserted it into their dream, sandman style right okay i do that with podcasts so both of those arcs and and parts of the show is like yeah we're gonna continue doing analysis of those games oath isn't gonna be that yeah uh first off there's no factions in oath no factions uh, so there's no like oh strategy guide to do um and Oath's just not that type of game and and part of today's episode is going to be explaining why that is and what that means and probably we'll sort of be able to explain like what kind of content we would like to do about Oath. But yeah. I would not expect very many more podcast episodes about Oath. That's yeah. not really what Oath means to me. No, yeah. Uh, I don't. Yeah, maybe not. I, I, I don't know. We would have to come up with some sort of specific topic in which to talk about. It's not as obvious as mm-hmm. Covering Root or Dune um, was or Twilight Imperium. Um, I think today uh, I just want to lay down the idea that this uh episode is an argument we are having at you yeah. in order to convince you why you should play this game and uh, and obviously first of all we're kind of saying like as if this is the first time we've ever talked about oath we've talked about oath on the show before yep um there is a quite old episode now you can find of uh cole uh cole Worley, yeah uh describing oath at that point it was like an alpha state yeah it was pretty before they pretty early really started the um 
Kickstarter for it. So mm-hmm. it's not the same game. It's thematically the same idea. A lot of the ideas stay consistent yeah. from even that early phase. But yeah, but that was a great interview. We did a, a later kind of somewhat follow up interview with Cole. We talked about a lot of stuff. We we touched on Oath a little bit in that. So you can look for both of our Cole Worley interviews yeah. to hear pieces of Oath. But we've just never sat down. And now that the game is out and done and we have right. like a final rule set. And also it's just us. You know what I mean? Us. So we can clown on it if we want to. You know we, what I mean? We, <laughs> we get a word in edgewise because Cole, that man, knows how to run a show. He's better at this than us, by by the way. Yeah. I mean, have we ever mentioned how when Cole is on the show, it is just Cole's show? Yeah. Like yeah. it's just a space. We prefer co- it that space way. Space Cole's uh, is what you can space call Space Cole's it. peace. Space Cole's leaders. peace turtles. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> However you want to go. Yeah. Uh, so today we just want to give our thoughts on on Oath and what it is, and you can find a lot of content out right now. People reviewing Oath and talking about Oath. It is it is a, a monumental it's release. Making the rounds. It's making the rounds. People seem to like it. I just people say. love it. I'm and uh, us included, and we want to try to get a little bit more specific. This is not like a review. We like it. Okay, that's it. The review part of this episode is now done. We like the game a lot. Uh, yeah. Let's we what we want to do though is sell. I give it a nine point three five <laughs> out of nine point four five. Best new board game. Best new board game. Yeah. Uh, but we we want us to indicate what kind of person you might be and why Oath might be for you. Uh, because it's not going to be for everybody, and we know that yeah. every game's not for, we we do a show about one game that's definitely not for everybody. Yeah. It's not even for a lot of people. Yeah, I'd say it's really just for probably like four or five people. And so they just really support the show. Exactly. <laughs> so let's let's get into what even is Oath. Yeah, we, what we, is we've it? we've teased it a lot, but but if we can just kind of throw the basics out there of like what kind of structure Oath is. So Hunter, how would you? You see a lot of reviewers like struggle with finding a definition of what Oath is. What is your kind of go to definition for what Oath is? Yeah. So um, we're going to keep this episode uh, kind of uh, wobbly. We are not going to get in the weeds of describing uh, the rules or how you play. We don't even do that type of content anyways, because I don't know. Is that even good podcast content? Um, But if I were to just try and elevator pitch you what Oath is. Um, it is a strategy game that is primarily concerned with storytelling mm-hmm. and world building. Yeah. Um, it, I, I would say, and I would, uh, the strategy game, lowercase s, <laughs> uppercase s in the storytelling, upper, big uppercase yeah. w in the world building. Yeah. Big uppercase um, B. Yeah. Why not? Make the, and you know what? Underline it. Yeah. And bold it. <laughs> uh, Comic Sans font, you know, <laughs> blow it out. Actually, no. Uh, what's the big uh, Wingdings? It whatever. <laughs> Just actually, Wingdings is good because it's a it's a game that it works in symbols. Mm-hmm, okay, there's mm-hmm. a lot of symbology in the game. Yeah. Um. So, but it is sort of a stra- It is a strategy. It game. is a strategy yeah. game. It's 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 a strategy game. But the thing about it is, if you are looking for a complete strategy package where you will have thwarted your friends. I don't think Oath is that is that kind of thing. Yeah. O- Oath's focus is not on, and one person won the game because they were smarter and better. They're the best one, yeah. and now everyone else is a dummy, and that's <laughs> the smartest one. Yeah, I don't, I don't have that feeling about Oath. And in fact, I think it would be probably pretty weird if you had a consistent group playing Oath and one person was winning all the time. I think that's a very strange occurrence. That, that would be- shouldn't really happen uh, yeah and i think that would be kind of lame um oath again oath uh, so oath is about the story and it's about the world building 
Um, I mean, I think you have this great point that you wrote here, Matt, which is uh, that what's kind of telling about Oath is yeah. that the nicest component in the game is a journal that is just used to record what yeah. happened in the game. Yeah, yeah. So to, to be clear, too, this is a this is like an extra perk that came part of the Kickstarter, but you can also order it off a of Leader Games website. But it's like it's not packaged in with the game. But mm-hmm. this thing that's really, really great to have with the game is this little leather bound empty journal with no mechanical value to the strategic implications of yes. the game. It is just when you're done with the game, you get to write down everything that happened in that game so that you can keep a record of like a hundred games that you right. played of Oath. That is what Oath cares about. Totally. Is what you write down after you finish the game. If you think about a game of TI, when you finish it, or Root 2. Root and TI share this quality. You finish a game, and then you all sit around and talk about the game for like an hour. Yeah. Oath is so into you. That's Oath. Cole and, and everyone at Leader Games made this game for you, that kind of person. that wants yeah. to sit and talk about it. But also, they made it for the kind of person who wants that to mean something going forward. And we'll get into that a little bit later. But there's, there's longevity to to oath totally um but let's get into a little bit more of just strategically what kind of game what what actually is the game play of oath so the the focus here is uh root is a game with asymmetric factions mm-hmm. uh with different powers and different goals in mind but they all still sort of share somewhat similar goals but the big thing in root is that there are uh there's kind of two ways to win you get to 30 points or you do this dominance thing. But the dominance thing is sort of somewhat a failed promise. Dominance almost never happens in Root. Sure. So Oath is a little bit of a response to that to say, what if we really ramped up the multiple win conditions thing and leaned heavy into that? So they threw out asymmetric factions. You sit down at the table, none of you have any powers yet. You're, you're not asymmetric factions. You will accrue powers over time, but your main focus is on finding some pathway of victory and achieving that. And everybody else might end up with a different pathway of victory. And that works itself out into four different economies within the game or four different tracks within the game. Yeah, so it's like a game where there is a primary win condition and then a bunch of secondary win conditions each player might be working on whichever win condition they have ended up with. Right. Um, some of the win conditions kind of rub up against each other a little bit in interesting ways. There's definitely some interactions between them, but they are they are all, all kind of separate conditions in which to satisfy. Yeah. Um, and what I really like about that is that the, I like the dominance reference you made because the thing that it really has in common with um, dominance cards in Root is that every victory is... Public and telegraph. Yeah. It's always some sort of condition that is satisfied uh, with every other player's knowledge known. Yeah, right. And there will be a full round of turns in which this condition needs to be met before that player can win. Yeah. Uh, there technically, are... there's even two rounds that would sometimes happen. Yeah, totally. There are very few secrets in Oath, or at least secrets don't last forever you don't i would say there's almost no what there's you, no you can hold on really. to something but you never win because you revealed a secret and right. win in that moment it's a very you reveal your game. secrets and now you've got to ride that out yes <laughs> for a round but let's talk about those four different tracks so people can kind of maybe get a mechanical idea of what what those victory conditions do to the game and and what kind of game they should expect from oath because i think uh it can sometimes be hard to define the first and foremost is uh conquest supremacy board position friends on a map right just yeah just units on the map that we care about 
you've seen it in many, 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 many war games over time. Right. It's got that. But this one, the territories you're controlling are also your way into controlling powers that you can have access to. So you gain more abilities depending on what positions of the board you have taken control of. Yeah. Uh, and there's a simple binary of occupying or not occupying right. a space. So if you if you have your your friends, your buddies yeah. uh, on a spot, well, that's your spot. Yep. Uh, if your buddies aren't on the spot, that's not your spot. Right. So so that's one track, and that's one way that you can win is right. having the most spots. I have more sites than anybody else. I can win that way. So you can win through this sort of dominance. I will just rule more than everybody else. Yeah, dominance, or you could think of it as just having the most buds that live in places. Yeah. I, that's how I like to think of it. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Hunter loves Hunter. Hunter drew this distinction earlier, and he likes to think that I am a scary, uh, horrifying conqueror, mm-hmm. and that he is uh, a cohabitator. <laughs> I think I. I think it's the my head cannon for oath when I'm playing it is I am playing as let's say I'm the chancellor, um, which is we haven't even talked about that aspect sure. of it, but there's there's one player that is playing as like the kind of ruler of this land currently, mm-hmm. um, and they are called the chancellor. And when I am the chancellor, I always think of myself as someone. That it, that's just trying to convince people that uh, that I'm doing a good job. Yeah, you know, like it's, hey, everything's working well it's for not, you. I don't march around with my armies all just arrogantly saying you <laughs> will do as I say. I walk around and I'm like, how's everything doing here? How's like, the plumbing going? Do you like it here? <laughs> Are there things I can do to make things better for you? That's how I think of it. Yeah. Uh, the second track is uh, primarily revolved around an economy within the game that is called favor. It's represented by little gold coins, mm-hmm. but it's not really money. It's your, it's favor. It's it's how much popularity you have amongst the different factions within the game. We already said you are not the factions in the game, but there are factions that exist within the game. There are six distinct suits in the card deck, and all of those suits represent the people of this land that are different ideologies and different skills and, and all of that. And you are trying to sway all of them, multiple ones. You're, you're trying to make your empire or whatever you want to envision your civilization as you are the leader of some sort of thing coming to the land and you are going to try to sway the favor of these different groups right and if you can maybe without even controlling any land mass if you can just get more favor and make everybody like you a lot more you can win that way instead right um and that favor is represented by uh, a specific uh card that you can sort of purchase called the people's favor right um if you Favor kind of generates on your turn based off your relationship to these suits yep. that are. Uh, I like to think of them as they're just they're just people that live in the land, right? Um, and your relationship with them determines essentially how much money um, you're going to make. And I, I think like favor. You shouldn't think of favor as only money. Yeah. I want to. I'm but standing it with Matt. On money. But it does include yeah, money. For it, sure. it could. It could be the idea of like you shuffling your. Let, like this game is so thematic. Like yeah. how much can be described with just talking about theme. Uh, I love it. But um. So yeah, the people's favor is uh, to get cold mechanical about it. It's just like a card you buy. It yeah. has an ability. Yeah. Uh, the ability is. A useful ability. We won't even go into the. Sure. It's not even I'm that not important. I'm not interested in teaching you the game. Right. I'm interested in teaching you the themes of the game, right. so that you can decide if you want to look further. Yes. That's what today is about. Yes. Um. So there's this kind of idea of you could play kind of the money track, um, and accrue favor, and then use that to buy, 
the people's favor yeah. from wherever it is. And you just kind of purchase this, you purchase it and you're like, I currently have right. the people's favor. And there, there can be a bidding war and there the can. price kind of goes up with it right. as people buy it. And the most important part of that is, yeah, you only need to control the people's, people's favor to win the game. But the only way you can maintain control of the people's favor is if you are rich and a plenty with many different factions favor if yes. you lose a lot of favor you will not be able to maintain the people's favor and thus your win condition so it requires you to be a popular all the time kind of guy yes and uh we've used we will uh do a breakdown of the different um suits yeah. uh which are all represented uh in cards in these little banks where favor is kept yep. um i expect none of that makes sense to you except for i just want to make this connection to if you're a root player um, there's definitely a connection between suits in root, yes. uh, as in the mouse, rabbit, fox, a bird, right. uh, and the idea of suits in oath. However, in oath, suits are, I'm going to say, more thematic and more important yes. uh, than suits necessarily are in root. In root, root it, you, it's hard to make the connections there. Yeah, between it teases the, the idea that like the rabbits are more industrious and the mice are more trading and economic. But like you have to really dig in to find that. Right. Whereas the suits in Oath are very like it's arcane. They're the wizards. You get it. Yeah. Okay. Great. Move on. Right. <laughs> like you, you. But then each ability on every single card pushes that even further and what what does it mean to whatever you know all, all so that stuff plays out personality yeah. with the suits like for the longest time it's funny i always forget that it's called uh the arcane that yeah. because we have always called them the triangle wizards, triangle wizards or the triangular wizards <laughs> um because that's their symbol it's like a triangle yeah. and it looks like a wizard's hat yeah um but it, there's just so much personality in uh, in each suit, um, yeah. but we're kind of getting we're getting yeah, yeah. out of order here. The the third track with which you can win on is what's known as faith or devotion. Uh, it's also the the economy of it is secrets. So you have these little gold coins. That's your favor. You also have these little blue books that are secrets. Yes. At one point, uh, Dane, uh, Cole was trying to figure out what to do with this term. He wanted to be maybe be called magic, but he wanted people to take a sort of more broad approach to what they think magic means. And that never held true. So secrets was better. Secrets can be some sort of secret power that we don't have an understanding of, but secrets can also just be secrets. spies yeah. and espionage right. and things like that. But it's anything that is not the public facing power of favor. Right. It's the undercut. This came from, I don't know where, and I don't right. know what it does. And it's a bit more mysterious. Uh, and it, and it feels a bit more sleuthy and, uh, in gaining power over that, you get the darkest secret. And that's the other way. That's another way you win the game is by controlling the darkest secret. Yes. It's a card similar to the people's favor has an ability that it does, except instead of, you purchasing it with favor, you would purchase it with uh, secrets. To be to go the non-thematic description of secrets, I would describe them as a currency you can use in the game. That is, uh, you get you acquire less secret. Like an individual secret is probably worth more than an individual favor as yep. far as its raw value. Um, except you get less of them. A, except for the exception there is that they are kind of renewable. Right. You generally spend them and just get them back. If you want to think of it like magic, it's as if you had a mana pool that recharges. Yes. Whereas favor, you have to keep track of how everybody else's favor is doing and make purchases and takes. Mm -hmm. You have to think about it economically, whereas magic is more like I gained a good amount and that's going to kind of maintain itself. If for you a tell while. someone a secret, 
Like, let's say I tell you a secret. Yeah. It doesn't mean that now I've lost that secret right. and I can't tell someone else that secret. Exactly. Um, whereas if I give you some money, well, now you have the money and that's where the money is. Exactly. So I can't just like also give someone else that money I already gave you. Right. So thematically, all this plays out of like, we're someone at the table is being sleuthy and undercutting things. Someone is just trying to gain popularity. Someone is conquering. And the fourth track is what's called sanctuary or protection. And this one is, I would almost even say a little bit more abstract, but there are uh, cards called relics. Uh, and, and there are also banners. The banners are the people's favor and the uh, darkest secret that we've already described. If you have more of those than anybody else, that is also a victory condition. So you don't even have to be the most popular player at the table. And you don't even have to be the person with the most mm-hmm. undercutting knowledge. And you don't have to rule the most sites. If you just have the most fancy, impressive stuff yep. in your small, public-facing, not-that-popular empire, but you have, like, mountains of grand scepters and the the boat of fortune or whatever, yeah, yeah. You, you can win that way as well. Yes. Uh, yeah, I... I... This this one is a little more um it's it it's a little more like okay there's a card here and it has a thing that it does each each of uh the relics and obviously we just talked about the the people saver and the darkest secret they have some sort of ability uh that is helpful uh that you will have access to if you have these another thing that's important to note I think about all of uh all of the cards we just talked about yeah um is that with relics, you kind of just go get them a lot of the time, or you get to draw one for some reason. Um, however, they can all be seized kind of militarily. Yes. Like each of these ideas, um, you can sort of pay for or find or mm-hmm. just go get, um, or uh, you can steal them from each other right. through military through means. But also, like you can buy mil- like you can buy military force through fate. Like all of these economies inform each other in yes. different ways you can have more secrets that let you somehow acquire more forces if you get the right cards and abilities yeah. it's important to note here that a huge percentage of this game is in the cards that happen to come up it's right. a gigantic deck and you only see a, a small fraction of cards per game and those are the only abilities that everyone's going to have access to and they're going to dramatically change from game to game right and and a lot of the game you can think of it like cosmic encounter in that way where it's like right. hey we got this random set and we got to play with that set of abilities this time yeah so there's no like oh so and so is the l1z one x we better be worried about their dreadnoughts the dreadnoughts might not even be present this game yeah nobody might have dreadnoughts this game right so it, it dreadnoughts it, might not show up right basically so we're we are we're only worried about what happens in front of us but those abilities push us in a lot of big directions i i was just having this thought of uh, oath is not a 4x game i would not put it in that way no but I can almost push it in that direction because the four X's in a four X game are really the four economies we just described. Explore, expand, exploit, and exterminate. Our exterminate is our conquest. Right. Our expand, I would sort of categorize as our favor. We're expanding our knowledge and our reach and our popularity. Mm -hmm. Our exploit is our darkest secret. It's our espionage. And our explore is the relics we've uncovered throughout the game. So it doesn't feel like a traditional 4X game, but it has all of the beats of a 4X game and all of the victory conditions of a 4X game. If you kind of went with, if you altered expand a little bit to like economy specifically, I'm totally with you. Exactly. Yeah. You have to stretch some definitions, but you know what? You have to do that in every single 4X well, yeah, game, yeah. I, would, I would argue. That's totally fair. So what happens then actually player to player on a meta level is 
Uh, you are not trying to be good at everything in Oath. Right. You are trying to be great at one thing, except if you are bad enough at something someone else is trying to be great at, then you can't stop them. So it's not like Hunter and I are, generally speaking, both trying to have the people's favor to win. Mm -hmm. It's more Hunter will win. If he has the people's favor on his turn, so I have to get the people's favor just so that Hunter doesn't win and I give access to myself accomplishing my victory condition of having the darkest secret. Right. I So you know how like in Root, um, there's this, I think there are some people that um, don't click into that game be, and I think the reason why, this is just my ideas here, but... My idea is that if someone doesn't click into root or if a group doesn't click into root, I should say, I feel like it's because they did not get to that step of entanglement yep. and of being, of realizing like, oh, I need to do this in order to stop this person. And then right. this person's going to have to do this to stop me. What I love about Oath is it's like that idea of entanglement was taken out of the, the subtlety yep. of root and made just, it's no longer subtext. It is exactly what it's is happening. The whole like, game. Yeah, like yeah. everyone, you're going to see entanglement. There's no point of even bringing it up, I guess, with Oath, because that's just the game. Yeah. The game is right. that. And anyone would be able to see that because of the whole, here's my win condition. It is telegraphed. It is public. Yep. I will win if we get around back to me and I have satisfied one of these four conditions. Yep. If, if we had to define entanglement to our Twilight Imperium audience, I would describe it as round five of Twilight Imperium. Yes. where So-and-so has leadership. So-and-so has diplomacy. Someone has Imperial. We have to stop Imperial. And then we have to stop leadership. And then we have to stop diplomacy. Yes. And then maybe we might win. Yes. That's entanglement. When you are now considering what every single person might do to win on their turn or like in the in, in the final moment, one of them will win and you have to stop all of them. It is Oath not... is that for the entire last two thirds thirds of the game yeah it gets started pretty fast uh with oath and, and oath is uh i would say a, a shorter game mm -hmm. definitely than twilight imperium oh, for sure sorry <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah 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 no it's it's i think originally cole intended for it to be a pretty short game mm -hmm. and uh it's just too complicated and it takes too much talking from the players i put it at around two and a half to three hours if yeah. your group gets pretty okay, good so at it okay so kind of similar to well, I guess that's actually longer. A little than bit root, longer like. than root. Yeah. Um, maybe like a five-player game of root. Now, if your group is playing it regularly, you'll probably get even faster. Yeah, uh, that's, but your that, early games are gonna be in that three-hour mark. Yeah, I think that's fair because that. We, but I would say we are still in the early. Yes, absolutely. Like, like time. Yeah. Um. But yeah, what was I saying about root and entanglement? Uh. This game puts that at the forefront. This yeah. Is everything. Everything that yeah, Oath I guess is that trying to do point. is yeah, yeah. is entanglement. It's entanglement. Right. The board game. Right. Um. So, so we kind of already talked about like everything is telegraphed. It's all public information of like so and so is going to win on their next turn. Mm -hmm. You never flip a card over and win. So that public knowledge of we are all trying to stop so and so, then we have to stop so and so, then we have to stop so and so leans into that idea of entanglement. I remember my point now. What's so great? This is just true of entanglement in general, but I think it's obvious and worth mentioning here. In in when you're playing oath, in oath. It is not enough to just satisfy your win condition. Exactly. You're going you're going to have to look at the table and say, okay, do I have enough uh resources in whatever that means, favor, secrets, yeah. uh, friends, uh, in order to not only satisfy my win condition, but also stop so and so who's gonna win right. before me. There is a set turn order yes. in oath. It does not change. 
Uh, it is not determined by strategy cards. Right. Okay, you don't pick some sort of. You don't make up a new order every time. Uh, you start with uh, the chancellor, which was the the player I was talking about before. That is technically the ruler, the yep. current ruler of the land. Um, and then you go around clockwise uh, from the chancellor, and and that turn order is set, and it stays the same every time. If you're yep. if you're last in the order before the chancellor, that's where you'll be. Right. I would push that uh, idea one step further and say it's not even enough for you to not worry about only your victory condition. You also can't just worry about stopping one person. It becomes a team effort. Totally. That's when we talk about being properly entangled is we go, hey, EJ will win on their turn. Yes. I go right before EJ. Oh, that's awesome. I could be the person who has to stop EJ. No, let I don't EJ have win. Enough. No, can I don't EJ have win? Enough. I want EJ, EJ to win. Hunter just likes it when EJ wins. No, but I don't have enough to stop EJ. Right. I need Hunter, who goes two turns before EJ, to do something, and then I'll finish the job on EJ, and we will together have stopped EJ, and both of us also on our turns can be sort of trying to forward our own goals. And it is, totally. it is a constant negotiation with the entire table about like, hey, listen, I know you're trying to do your thing, and we, you should get to do a little bit of your thing, but you also have to help out the table, because there's always a fire to put out. Right. Oath. There's constantly a problem that is unavoidable and will end the game if we don't Uh-oh. do something about it so and so's got it yeah yeah there's a lot of that now it doesn't i i want to say this because you just said there's always a fire to put out yeah. I, that, I mean there's still an early game to right, yeah, yeah, there's yeah, still a sure. time where uh someone isn't going to win uh but it sometimes is surprising how quickly you get into that like oh wow so and so is set up and now we got to do something yeah, about yeah. it like that that does kind of come that that has it 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 varies from game to game and especially with the experience of your players or whatever yeah. um but yeah sometimes that comes pretty early right. So that feels like a pretty good overview of the actual strategic elements of the game of Oath. Yeah, I hope you have a vague idea of what type of game it is. Um, if you're if you're interested by our description of that, check out more stuff. Sure. There's just lots of Oath stuff available right Definitely. now. Definitely. But we want to make the bigger pitch now. Yeah. The, the, we said it was a lowercase s strategy game. Right, right. And a capital S storytelling And now game. we're just... So, so what I'm trying to say is that we were both at just about as concrete as we are going to be in this episode. Yeah. Now we're going to get even more it's abstract. Get- <laughs> so if you were like, I feel like I don't even know how this game plays. You're like, uh, yeah, sorry. It's not us. <laughs> we're going to get weirder now. Yep, 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 yep. So uh, this is this is these are all the reasons why we truly love this game. Yeah, the strategy stuff all reinforces the ideas of the story you as a group are telling and the world you all are building. Because the big core conceit of Oath is that however one game ends, that carries over into the next game. Yeah, the aspects of this world will hold true into our next session. The coolest part of a game of oath is putting it away yes yeah it's it's almost like when uh when someone wins a game of oath you get the reward of oh well now we get to put the game away and the putting the game away process is so much fun and it's why like it kind of it's why there's not gonna be like well i actually for us for space cats there's not going to be like an oath tournament. No. Somebody can f- feel free to try. I mean, somebody would be like, I, "No, we're gonna we're gonna make it a super competitive thing." Yeah. But to be honest, when I win a game of oath and when I lose a game of oath, it's kind of the same yeah, thing, right, you know? Right. Like <laughs> it's it it you get the reward of like now we get to set up some. It's like 
I think the way I would put it is that every game of Oath ends with a teaser for the next game of exactly. Oath. Exactly. Yeah, beautiful. yeah, yeah. And it, that's, a, that's a funny little thing Leader Games gets to do of like, now you want to play again, don't you? Yes. <laughs> now you want to play again, <laughs> you don't gotta, you? <laughs> it's like a Netflix show. You got to binge this. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so, so what we're describing is this thing called The Chronicle. Yeah. And literally, it is an act of the game to put it away because you have to take, hey, so-and-so won, and they won in this way. So if they're the winner, that means they are now the dominating force on the board. So we have to keep all of the places they rule. Yes. If they ruled this site, that is now the center of this civilization. Everything else stretches outward from where they found their most control in and next game that will be the center of your world right and you pack it up in a very specific way and some cards some of the abilities that were on the map stay on the map and some abilities that were out there amongst the losing players the powers that failed to come to to full power they fade away into the darkness. And and you don't even know which ones go fully away. Some get shuffled back into the deck for next time. And some go away yeah. for a long time. Now, it's not yeah. a legacy game. You're not tearing up these cards to never no. see them again. No. They go into a deck called the Dispossessed. And it's just going to be many, many playthroughs before you ever see those cards again. But when you do, it will be like, oh, the stuff of legends. Yeah. I remember from long ago in yeah. the eons of <laughs> all the memory of, of the, what this world has been through. Or to be to be less flowery about sure. it, uh, in a way it's like, oh, if somebody has uh, some card that, that they've been playing with that they used to great effect, which yeah. happens sometimes in Oath, somebody just finds a combination of cards and abilities that... Is like, wow, this is really working. There's an engine being created here. For all you know, that really good card, it's gone now. Right. And you won't even have access to right. it in the in the next game. And totally. that that type of variety, I mean, that's worth like three or four points right there yeah. on the on the scale. <laughs> Are you like, keeping score? Honest. Yeah, we, I'm we, keeping we got a lot score of, of how well I mean, I already told you it's nine point three five. Best <laughs> best new board game. Okay. So uh the big thing with all this then is if you're not interested in that um arc of like we're going from game to game, and maybe the winner doesn't isn't like, oh, all praise to the winner who pulled off the most impressive strategy. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's more like you got that really great combo and all of us just failed to finally do something about it. Or maybe we literally failed to decide to do anything about it and we just let you win or whatever. There's many ways a game of Oath can just sort of end. And if you are the kind of player who's like, no, I want to win because I want to be smarter than all because of my I friends. Because I played the best. Yeah. It's probably, this game's probably not going to be your favorite thing. Yeah. I mean, I it, it's also, we are, we are going to have an extended conversation at the end of this about um, win making in relation to this game. Yeah. Uh, but I will go ahead and say, like, uh, I can't imagine ever really being bothered yeah. by a straight up, even dirty, yeah. nasty wine make win make yep. whatever uh like just because that's the story now yeah, you know what i mean like it. like so and so did this and they allowed the other person to win they just let it happen yep they just allowed that but they let it happen because of some weird meta factor yeah now, yeah you can have like a toxic group that's just like i hate jeremy like literally i hate him and i don't want jeremy right to win. like we that's have that problem. with matt like yeah, we yeah. don't let matt we will not allow matt to win we conspire together as a secret cabal okay <laughs> we're like do not allow matt to win get in his head about it <laughs> yeah, boy are you in there uh but no it's if if you need your strategy games to be perfect strategy like you might bump elbows with oath. you might I have mean in a problems. weird way though I would say that that oath 
like that the 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 strategy game that is there is very tight. Yes, like it's not like we're not trying to make it sound like oh the the strategy game aspect of Oath is like somehow broken no, or not no. or doesn't feel it's earned just that or it whatever. Eventually culminates in a moment where it's like we're getting a little bit outside the strategy here yeah. and into something deeper. Yeah. And the the storytelling and world building aspects of it are just so strong. Yeah. Like possibly the strongest in the business for in the world of strategy board right. games. He, here's another way I'd like to try to define this concept. So first off, Cole Worley did a talk at GDC a number of years ago about wind making. Mm-hmm. You should go listen to that talk first off because it's it's basically him saying like, hey, wind making like shouldn't be frowned upon <laughs> like that's right. pa- that is part of strategy right part of strategy is putting yourself into a position where you're the one that's wind made and somebody else isn't right and that very much feels like a, a crux of what oath is based around is like how cole feels about wind making mm-hmm. uh and 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 i mean that in terms of you need to allow wind making into your heart and allow it to be a strategic consideration. It doesn't have to be the dark arts that we weren't supposed to allow into the game. It can be a part of it in a very healthy way. It, yeah. it's, that, that is completely possible. Let me describe the situation. Because Oath forces you into these positions to have these kinds of conversations. It's the one we just described a minute ago where like EJ is going to win later. I want Hunter to take part in overthrowing EJ. If Hunter refuses to take part... I'm not going to take part right. because I need Hunter's help to help me further my own goals. So if Hunter doesn't do his job, I'm just going to let EJ win right. because there's too much happening all at once that it's no, there's no value in me exhausting effort to throw out any chance I have of winning to stop EJ right. just to give it to the next person in line. Right. That and- happens constantly in Oath. That is always the conversation happening in Oath. So you are forced into those sort of win-making conversations. Yeah. Uh, and it's also just like, uh, well, I, I, I feel like for me, the, uh, what we're talking about right now just really just comes down to how much fun it is for someone to win, right? Regardless of who it is, yes, you need to let go of fun. your own goal of winning and 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 think more about what is the story of who won. Yes. So even in like, I want to push back on one thing you said sure. real quick, which is just the idea of like, um, it not win making not being the dark arts or dirty sure. because I actually want to preserve a little bit. Of the dirty, nasty aspect of wind making, <laughs> and just say that, like, being having a little bit, not too much of it. I'm not talking about toxicity here. I know. I'm talking about the idea of playing a game and two players suddenly mm-hmm. winking at each mm-hmm. other and saying, like, how about I just do this and then you win? Yeah. Um, there's literally okay. Well, yeah, there's this, further evidence of this being that's a, actually a, pro- a part of it. <laughs> there's a there's a flipping rule in the game. So, like, let's say um, I I believe it's the chancellor may not win. Let's say one of the the other players are called exiles or citizens. A citizen is a player that is sort of uh, on the side of the chancellor, yeah. And an exile is someone who's kind of on the outside of this empire and is seeking to kind of take control of it through some means, right? Uh, let's say an exile wins. Uh, they can decide that some of the other exile players are actually citizens in this new 
empire, right. this next new government. Game, you're yeah. not going to do that right now. Right. You're going to play that next time. Right. So you, you can go ahead as and a person win making can go, I'll win make you if you make me a citizen next time. It is the most win makey rule. Yeah. I have ever heard in my life because you can basically just say, hey, so make me chancellor this game yep. and I will make you a citizen next game. Now, th- if you're listening to this, you don't even understand maybe what that means. why that would be helpful or whatever. Yeah. Um, essentially, a citizen is a player that is on you're on a team in a way with yeah. the chancellor, but you can also kind of like sneak out from underneath the chancellor right. and win instead of the chancellor if you both sure. decide to win. But so it's kind of an interesting position to be. It is, but I also want you to remove a little bit of the desperate need for everything to give you a strategic advantage. Yeah. There's a little bit in there where it's just, wouldn't it be great if the story of this game is that you and I won? Yeah. Wouldn't that be a good conclusion to this arc that we then have to try and maintain next time? And next time, everyone will remember that we kind of ended this game in a pretty BS manner. And they might still have some reservations <laughs> about that. And right. they might want to do something about it's it. Like, it's like Game of Thrones, where yeah. someone does something nasty and becomes the leader. Right. And now that nastiness that grum it's that grumbling back yeah to exactly <laughs> it's like next week okay well next week we're gonna sit down and i'm gonna remember that the two of you got dirty and yep. conspired in order to make this one person win yeah uh and the rest of us are maybe gonna feel a little more on the same side going into the next Absolutely. game and co- cooperate better to make sure these two losers don't win next right. time they were too dirty it's a fine line yeah. i understand that some groups like that type of stuff playing into that is uh just gonna get bad but immediately here's, here's but. the the wonderful part of it is oath invites you to bring as much as that of that to the table as you want yeah our group is very okay with just being like haha matt can't win <laughs> and and even matt is like comfortable with that that's yeah. a, that's a challenge that comes to it not every group is is for that but oath lets us have that and also lets you let somebody else have their version. I want to clarify something because I don't want people listening know, yeah, and yeah, actually yeah. believing what you just said. Right. Uh, the way it works is that uh, me and EJ are just dirty. We're just like, and and it's and it's and it's about me and EJ. Yes. It's not about specifically making sure they Matt don't want loses. Matt to lose, but they would really like Hunter or EJ to win. It's just kind of a default. You start getting to the point where you're like, ah, oh, this isn't really working out that well, and you, we start looking. At, it's we don't go out of our way to do it. Right. But there's kind of an unspoken agreement. And I know that there are a lot of people out there that have kind of this with other people. Yeah. We're just being more open about yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. We're just not we, hiding They've it. all accepted this into their hearts, and maybe you all haven't. And you yeah. Sh- and you should. Maybe you should just say, like, you know what? I just kind of have a default person I roll with. It's just, it's an ongoing strategy right. that I have from And everybody game else to just game. has to play against that more. Yeah. Yeah. you got to find your own ally. Yes. That's what I end up doing. I end up sitting down at the table and going, well, Hunter and EJ aren't going to be on my back, but I might be able to get Alec yeah. with me to help stop them. I actually liked if we can get a little this is like a specific uh thing. Uh the last game we played of Oath, uh you actually jumped into my yeah. empire. You were you were a citizen. Right. I, I actually to, thought you were kind of trying to it was, like it was it was Hunter can't make me lose if I'm a part of his success story. <laughs> yeah. If I if I am required for him to win, he doesn't get to do I liked, stuff to I me. liked the play because it was it kind of made it like EJ me and EJ did not do anything dirty yep, last no, time exactly. because it was I like I got in the way. <laughs> And that's part of what the game becomes. It's, yeah. You're allowed to like the games that you play for just like reasons that are within your group. And that's the thing about Oath. So we're going to get into this more later, but I really want to hit work. We're, we're writing this moment. Uh, Oath is for your group 
to play to play yeah. over and over and over again and have memories yeah. the game has memories of itself because it wants you to have memories of previous games that you played right and it wants you to think about the implications of those memories and why it might change the way you feel about actions in this game mm -hmm. that's important yeah yeah yeah, I love it. This is um, not a game where you sit. This is not Root. This is not TA where you sit down and go, we're not going to worry about everything that happened in previous games. I know you screwed over so right. and so. We care about that in Oath. We, hey, you screwed over so and so. And we, you're, now it's time to get your recompense. Like, right. It's time. Right. It's not like in, in TI that Isarl wins and then next time you play and Isarl is on Mechatol Rex right. at the beginning of the game or something like that. Although, Although that, that would be a great video. Really great. I'm excited yeah, for that. We should get working on that. Let's get into I want to I want to spend a little bit of time talking about um, the actual story of Oath and what's there from the designers to us. Because yeah. there's stuff there, but it's not a lot. Um, yeah, so there's like no. It, oh, I liked. There was something we, when we were writing this that you said that I really liked, which I want to make sure that get it, that gets in here. Um, is that there isn't lore right. in Oath. Right. Oath doesn't come with lore. Exactly. You're supposed to do the lore. You, you don't have a faction sheet with the back of a faction sheet storyline and everything. There are six suits, and I, we want to go through each of these six suits because this is the closest you get to like what the war, what what is inside the world of Oath thematically what kind of characters are there but even that it's not like they're definitely this and these people are definitely this and this is their history right all of it is suggestive so that you infer everything you can you 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 make you write little assumptions about how these different cultures evolve over time mm -hmm. and we kind of wanted to take a fun sec section of the episode here to literally just go through those things so you get an understanding of what the world of oath feels like because i i think it's important it's it's a part of the game that really draws me in specifically yeah before we get into this i w i want to explain what what i imagine the the suits to be these, these suits apply to um cards uh that that you play in order to do different uh, effects and abilities uh and also uh they get played on the the board as well so they yeah. sort of exist uh with you as a player individually and then also kind of as a group yeah. on uh the board itself um there's also like they each have like a bank uh where favor is kept right it would be impossible to explain why that's important but it is important it's very cool yeah to me my headcanon for each of these suits is these represent uh, and this is kind of obvious. I, I said headcanon, like, I'm the only one that thinks this. Sure. It's, this is an, I think, very obvious read of, of these suits. They just represent the people of this world. Right. Not necessarily people that are aligned with your cause specifically. Right. Sometimes they're just people that happen to live in the neighborhood, and maybe you can do some some deals with them. Maybe they're dealing with a couple different players. Right. Um, but they are the people of this world. Right. Yeah. And you are... A person in this world. Yeah. Very specifically, you have a pawn that you will get some armies later and have like other kind of think people that follow you. But you are, you can consider yourself a person who's going around to these different neighborhoods and and sometimes not even neighborhoods. Maybe like one person lives in a house and they're a part of this suit because they're the they're a wizard. But their next door neighbor is a demon worshiper. Right. right. And you're just deciding which of the people in this block are you trying to get into your constituency sure. or whatever. Yeah, yeah, So yeah. Here, here's the different suits and how vague they are and why you get to put into them whatever you want. The first one is my favorite one in how it is defined. And, and I, I want to lead with it. Hearth. And this, this is a little definition that the book gives you. This is the closest thing you get to a lore readout from Oath. Hearth. The home. A crackling fire. Calm contentedness and ease apathy 
turning a blind eye. Drink and song, old friend and new. Wow. I love how it's like so sweet sounding and there's that, that apathy yeah. turning a blind it's, eye. It's, it's people comfortably living inside their cottages, but also they're too comfortable. They're not doing anything. Yeah. They're not making yeah. change in the world. They're, they're just great. Live, they're resting on their laurels. They're great, but there's stuff happening that they are just not yeah. paying attention and to. And you get every card has some art on it and a readout and an ability that it kind of leads you along the line of thinking of that, but you get to bring all of that to the table with Hearth of, of what that is. So in, it's, so uh, among the people you're trying to get are these people where it's like, well, they're they're just kind of the suburban folks that just sort of sit there and are a little bit happy with the status yeah. quo of the world. Not to do something so crass as compare right. great art to great art. Sure. But <laughs> is this our favorite leader games art? Like, Oh, from, yeah. 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 I, I mean, root so. art is amazing, but, but Kyle Farron, like, I mean, there's sorry. There, sorry to be crass. There sorry is to be a, crass. It's crass to take is, just this good of sure. stuff and be like, oh, which one's the sure. best? No, no, no. But it's neither, really neither good. Best. The, this is the best by sheer quantity. <laughs> yeah, there's so much of it. And so much <laughs> so of it is much different and so good. Yeah. 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 So anyways, I want to go through the rest of these. We'll go a little bit faster here, but I just want you to get a feeling for how this world feels. Arcane, bright lights in the night sky, starry-eyed discovery and esoteric tradition. Sights not to be seen, sounds not to be heard. Fulminating, fuming, free. <laughs> <laughs> These are the wizards, triangle wizards. The triangle. This is magic, but whatever magic means. Maybe you yeah. don't believe that this world has proper magic of some like ethereal plane. Maybe it's some other meaning of what arcane can be, just historical with, through great tradition, yeah. something like that. I, I because of the because of the triangle thing, I'm like, it's man, wizards. I'm just like, yeah, they're wizards, and it's me. like very much like Merlin wizards. Yeah, Merlin <laughs> wizards with the little wand. Yeah, and yeah it's pretty good. Uh, Discord. This one's got the best. This is like the symbol where it's like a literal demon's head. Yeah, scary. The betrayal of a sibling. <laughs> the sewers. Rats chewing on spare bones. <laughs> the masses struggling to survive. Knives flashing, starting over again. Yeah, pretty, uh, so the scary stuff. Scary Spooky, stuff. scary, yep. spooky, scary. Not to say that the art is uh, scary. Sure. But I don't know, maybe it it's is. Maybe spooky. if you just sat in the dark with it for a while, yeah. with a flashlight, if you just took one of these Discord cards uh, turn your flashlight on, sit in the dark, and point <laughs> it at it, and don't say anything. Yeah. Just sit in silence. Mm -hmm. It might get scary. That's a little might spooky. might get a little freaky. I love this one because it's not evil, but it is mm -hmm. chaos. Yeah. It's, I mean, Discord is, is the perfect word for it, but it's like, it's it's just things being upended. It's, it's not, it's struggling to survive, but not necessarily failing to survive. Yeah, I mean, it definitely, it goes all the way from like, you could go as far as like witchcraft or like demonism yeah. type uh, to just like betrayal, yeah, just like someone who was mean to someone, nasty else. <laughs> bad stuff out in the woods. Right. Next up is order. This is the uh, these are like the knights of mm -hmm. this area, kind of. The artwork is generally like the big castles and stuff, and it's sword, stone, and burnished silver, lockstep, willing or unwilling, hierarchy and logistics. The boot on the face forever. Oh, man, that last one. That last one The gets boot you, on huh? the face forever. <laughs> oh, boy. Whoa, there's <gasps> some connotations there. <laughs> yeah, law and order. Yeah. Here. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, but also, like... Security? Like, I love, I just love the, like, kind of 
how each one you can kind of shine a positive light. Yeah. You can kind of clean it. Well, except Discord. Discord's kind of well, just but like, even then, it's what we were saying earlier, where like when I play one of these cards, I'm like, I have drawn law and order. You will abide by my empire. <laughs> and when Hunter does it, he's like, Hey, I put up this nice rock wall for us so that we can all stay a little bit yeah. safe. We just got to stay on this side of the wall. <laughs> you can kind of you can be pretty. You make it whatever you want. That's yeah, true. It's however, That's you true. as the person gaining control there is of that just denizen, so much head cannon to yeah. this game i love it yes uh beast scratching rustling in the grass fur scale and claw growth unchecked that which emerges from a long sleep yeah that's fun also not as um not as binary good and evil to me a little right. more just kind of in the gray area sure. of just like well, it was just the just, wild it's just animals out there you know yep yep i love the idea these last two are the ones that my brain has the hardest time understanding the world in which they are the ruling power at the start oh i yeah but Someone that's a with fun a lot, world I know, it's a it's like wow now i really have to do some imagination to like i don't have a lot of fictional references right. to to put in like what does it mean for the beast suit to be in power right right uh and finally probably think you know what though it's probably it's just a looser world exactly it's just a little it's will we're the not, willingness to be free it's, it's, it's not a, ordered it's exactly. just we're just like hanging out yeah. we're more connected to nature possibly. anarchy yeah uh, <laughs> the last one is nomad the sun and moon those traveling bodies care for one's own wind rain and snow parched throats and gurgling bellies. Ooh, gurgling bellies. <laughs> That's a good look at that. Gurgling yeah. bellies. Great. Uh, the Great nomad word. suit is probably my favorite one when it comes to the characters in the artwork. Like oh the yeah, things yeah. That you get presented yeah. with. You get these like the long lost giant and these things. It's like I that that it's the one that feels the most like in some ways like I don't know Nordic mythos sometimes. Sure, to yeah, me. yeah. Like there's just there's a lot of that sort of mysticism to it of just like the long old bearded one <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah i it's uh this is also though to me um one of the more neutral ones as far yes. as like this could kind of this could kind of go either way and it feels like i'm not getting like a like a good slash evil dichotomy right. with exactly uh, it is, it is this is like your true neutral if you put it into yeah. an alignment chart totally uh, totally Be beast is like chaotic neutral but this is this is just fully true neutral yeah to yeah me. Love well, it. Well, awesome. I, I'm glad we went through that. That's just fun for me. I get to say things in goofy voices. We are going to take a quick little break and come back to finally, after an hour, now tell you why you should play it. I guess we've kind of been doing we'll that. We'll summarize. We'll do, it'll We're, be a conclusion Some conclusions. Section. Let's do yeah. that. Okay, we have summarized kind of how Oath functions as a game and, and trickled in stuff about like why we really, really like it and a little bit of like what kind of person you should be. But let's get properly into why should you play Oath? Why is this a thing important for you to experience? Yeah, and I want to say the you is specifically uh, you, the listener. Yes. I don't know. Is that a weird thing to say? I mean, like, why should... Um people that play primarily probably twilight imperium yeah. if or you're a fan Root, of this show yeah this is now our pitch to you a person who has been listening to the show for maybe a little while and why we think oath is actually going to tap right into everything you dig about us and this show yeah and, and things that you're familiar with yeah but but first of all we got to start with saying that this is not 
This game is not going to sit uh, in exactly the same space or occupy the exact same space in your brain as Twilight Imperium or Root yeah. uh, or Dune, if we still have those people hanging out. Are right. you all still around? Um, <laughs> did y'all leave? I, I miss you. Please come back. Um, no, because this is, we got half a foot stuck in the uh, strategy game soup. Yeah. We're standing in a soup. Sure. One foot in the strategy soup. And then we got that other foot in, I would go so far as to say, uh, tabletop role playing, essentially. Yeah. If you are somebody yeah, who's seriously. a fan of both strategy games and tabletop role playing games, yep. and you feel kind of cut in between them, you know, because yeah. there's not, there's a lot of potential overlap. Right. There's not really a lot of games I've played that really feel like there's overlap, except this. That one. is a beautiful point because I used to be kind of obsessed with the idea. I, I'm not very good at role-playing games. I'm mm-hmm. not good at, like, taking You're on so a character. You're so bad at them. I'm, I'm so bad at them. You're just, you don't roll right, you know? You just... <laughs> No, I'm saying I'm bad at I taking think, on a character I'm, and performing. But right. I'm making fun of the idea that I don't I think anyone can really be bad. Sure, 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 sure. Role I don't have confidence in it, and I generally let everybody else do the legwork, and I'm kind of like, and I'm the guy that sits over here with a sword. Hello, don't look at me too closely. I'm going to push back a little bit and say, backstory. no, Matt, I've played role-playing games with you before. If you listen to the to our Twilight Imperium RPG episode, you will note that I am distinctly not in it very much, except for when I'm like, hey, can the building be a spaceship? Yeah, so... <laughs> That's how you. Time. That's how you play. Is that you? You don't get in on any of the little stuff, and you're you always kind of recede a little bit. And then when you come forward, it's with the boldest thing I've heard in the session. It's only because I know we have an hour and a half to get this done, and I was trying to move things. Anyways, I'm not trying no, to. No, that, through- that's happened in other times sure. too before. True, 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 okay. true, true. But <laughs> the bigger thing is, I don't feel confident in being a singular character. But what I always wanted to do in a role playing game was to play a civilization yeah. where I don't have to be a character, but we as a group get to like talk about how our different civilizations might conflict with each other. Yeah. And this is actually that. This is the culmination of that, and that's why it's hooking me so hard. And I didn't even realize that that's what was clicking, but I used to be obsessed with the idea of trying to find a civilization role-playing game. There are a couple that exist out there that I that people have told me about when I've asked right, online. Right, right. Like none the of Quiet them, Year None of them have... Cl- well, Quiet Year is kind of a newer thing that... And that, that actually also I very badly want to play, but there was older stuff that people recommended that never clicked with me, but like that's what Oath is to me now is is the like i want to maintain this civilization and see how things go from game to game yeah you know how um the tournament is so much fun because it's twilight imperium with a storyline affixed to it because yeah it's not just a game of twilight imperium right. this is semi-finals game three right and here are these players and they have a little you know there's threads of a story exactly uh with with each player yeah. uh their journey that got them here Oath is sort of like, what if the game kind of built in an ongoing story in that way, in, in the same totally. way that our tournament does? And it's it's built into the, the bones of the game instead of us applying something on the outside of the game saying, oh, well, now this game has an ongoing storyline. I totally agree. Yeah, there's there's an interesting thing of Oath so, sort of fulfilling the thematic promise of games like Root and TI. Like, Root and TI we love because they're so thematic. Right. Dune included. Dune is so crazy thematic that every ability you do, you're like, oh, I remember that from the book. This is so satisfying. Right. But that theme is sort of pasted on top of a strategy game that mostly exists as the strategy game, and you kind of think about the theme as much as you want, right? Yeah. And, and uh, that competition is important, and the thematics 
are a little bit disingenuous with mm-hmm. something like Twilight Imperium. Right. We can say like, oh, I'm going to role play my faction, but we really only ever take that so far. Yeah. I mean, because the game, the game isn't obsessed with, with that. Right. Like it, 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 it's, it's more about, especially Twilight Imperium, we're talking about a game that is very mechanical. Guess right. what? Uh, welcome to episode 202. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's, it's, a lot. there's a lot of stuff in it. Yeah. Um, and this game is decidedly uh, less mechanical. Right. So you sacrifice a little bit of that competitive spirit, but what you gain is that thematic element of the storytelling. Yeah. You give up a little bit of your need to win and lean a little bit harder into your need to see why the winner won. Yep. Yep. And and seeing, it's not even, it's yeah, it's not even like why the winner won. It's it's how is that going to set the stage for next week? Right. Yeah. What does it mean for that person to win? Yeah. The end is the end of one game is just a new beginning right. uh, for the next. And, you know, I am excited to get to a point with Oath where uh, that where we've taken that concept for a long drive. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm talking game 30. Yeah. And it's like, wow, we there's so many things that have Memories. happened and changed with this world. Um, and yeah, I just, yeah, I, I really want to encourage you to go into playing this game. Well, first of all, I want to encourage you to play this game. Also, can we talk for a second about, this is like silly, just kind of like, well, it's not silly, but it's just like basic, like review stuff. Um, the, uh, the box, the components, the stuff that comes in this game. I could freak out about it. It's so, (laughs) this is the best package I've seen put together. Yeah. In board game. P- uh, Period. Other, so, End of story. Exactly. There's some notable stuff out there. Like the Eclipse second edition stuff is like very, very impressive in like how mm-hmm. it, that presentation of opening the box and set everything out. I do think Oath one-ups that. First off, like we have a neoprene rollout map. Like the only map that you get access to is a, is this per- the perfect playing surface. Yeah. <laughs> it's so wonderful. But but it's every component is it feels very very good especially the like i highly recommend getting the accessory components that they, they have higher quality favor coins and higher quality secret books they're so good they feel so good the coins are heavy <laughs> they feel a heft of favor right. in your hand right but also like because the game is designed to have a fun time packing it up yeah that means there is so much intentionality in how everything fits into the box. And it feels like you have a little Zen garden that you are putting <laughs> together every yeah. time you pack it. Yeah. For someone like me who like my Twilight Imperium is decked out with all these individualized boxes and it takes us 20 minutes to pack up TI because like, no, 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 that, that card actually Don't goes do, over just, here. Nobody touch yeah, anything. Yeah. Just let me do this. Yeah, you're like the director. Chronicle, the Chronicle of Oath is like, Oh yes, you 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 wrote this for me. You let me. Okay, everyone. And then the next step of packing up is this. Is everyone following along? Is right. this fun for anyone else? I'm loving it. Oh no, yeah. The packing up. The, again, I, I don't know how many times we could say it at the episode, but the packing up is like the most fun part of yeah. the game. Yeah. Um. It's 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 really uh really quite good. Uh. Nine point three five. Best new board game. So uh, the whole point too is to pack it up and then unpack it and play with the things that you packed up. There's there's th- that that continuation of the story is the thing we were talking about the tournament earlier and like this is this would not be a good game for like a tournament of oath because in reality because the strategy of oath there's there's too many mechanics that just show up in a game mm-hmm. randomly 
you can't be like, oh, yeah, I'm really good if the Wolves card comes out once every 75 games mm-hmm. that you don't have that kind of strategy. The, the strategy is like these are the cards that came out and I can roll with the punches. Right. Which means for me as a like the big reason we wanted to push to do the Twilight Imperium tournament and the root tournament is I care very much about seeing how a lot of different people play this game. Yeah, I want to see how 336 people play Twilight Imperium. Right. Because that will help me learn more about Twilight Imperium. I don't care about that with Oath. Right. I want to see six friends play Oath 50 times. Yeah. And see what that group understands about each other and about the game after that many games. Yep. Yeah. That is significantly more intriguing to me. With right. Oath. Right. It's like the difference between I, I want to see 303 or 336 people play a game once or see one game or one person play a game 336 <laughs> exactly. times. Exactly. Right. I want to see what that. they go through. Give me solo O 336 <laughs> times. Sorry. That's not. I'm just joking. I'm just. I'm just <laughs> but someone's going to do it. Yeah. Someone's going to do it. I think. Um, yeah. I, I am not even really sure what else I could say to yep. more convince you that I love this game. But I. Uh, Love it with a with a capital L. And I just uh, really want to emphasize that if you do check it out, or I want to, first of all, I encourage you to check it out. Um, second of all, if you do uh, check it out, come into it with a group of friends and just see what story happens. Yeah. Don't worry so much about, I mean, like, the game, the game only works if everyone is trying to win, right? right? I'm not. I don't want to go so far as to be like, you shouldn't even try to. Yeah, no, no, you no. You shouldn't no. even try to win it, this it game. It asks that of you, but it comes to a point where you might be willing to give up that goal. Yeah. Yes. It's not that you're from the get-go being like, I'm going to make sure EJ wins. Ha 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 ha. It's, no. it's that a certain moment happened and you went, I'm no longer invested in my own outcome because of the failings of maybe my empire mm-hmm. or somebody else flew too co- close to the sun and got too cocky and I want to see them upended right. to where I will change the dynamics of what I care about. Yeah. The only thing that is certain is that a chancellor must be decided for right. next game. Right. And who is that going to be? Right. And what is the story of how that how that person was chosen? Exactly. Essentially. Yeah. Uh, and what was the effect of that? Uh, yeah. Big, big fan. Big fan. Uh, get it. Nine point. Nine point three five <laughs> out of ten. Best new board game. It's a pitchfork joke. Okay? okay, is what it is. Yeah. 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 And a lot of my a lot of my favorite albums get nine point three from pitchfork i'm serious it's a, if if it's a 10 i don't know probably not if they if pitchfork gives it a 10 i'm like ah could go either way <laughs> they give it a 9.3 i'm like this is exactly this was considered <laughs> this is exactly my stuff so really it's a 9.3 out of 10 yeah with 9.3 being my favorite of the number right. possible numbers it's a 9.3 out of 9.3 no and 10 went went crossed over a oh, threshold right. and yeah. broke the score You're right. in the wrong way and became a negative number. Yeah. This is I love how often our show becomes a couple different cultural things lying on top <laughs> of each other where there is space. We started this episode talking about Neil Hamburg. Yeah. Where there is space for about three people <laughs> to exist. It's like we're niche and then we start and we're like Okay, niche audience, yep. I would like to get rid of some of you. Yeah. And Speaking of getting rid of some of you, <laughs> I want to thank our weird bears, Farganus, Squeamish Emu, Bot Bot, Ponchadori, Brian, Kaluin, John, Son of Leto, Mate Nason, Sunfax, Absol, Rwise, Bro, Duel, Fweddy, Bro, uh, Rumor Hippo, Kraken, Billy, Brassbird, and TG Welch. And I want to thank our Lil Peace Turtles, Naderade, Patience is a Virtue, Gaskio, Dark Jutsu, Brave Sir Robin, Uncle Batty, Frank G. Carnal, my son is also named Bort, Anvilier, King Scout, 64, Alice, Goondock, Nick, Astoria, and Teddy Stamp for you. <gasps> 
So I didn't actually get homebrew done last weekend. I know that, but we are getting it done this weekend on Friday, July 9th um, at 6 p.m. Central Time. What was it? 2300 UTC. 23 UTC. Uh, so that is when homebrew is happening. Do not bother me about it anymore. Also, semi-promo <laughs> game canceled. That's not happening. <laughs> also, um, we have uh, the semi, the, the proper semifinals. Uh, of the tournament is uh, coming right up, and it's very exciting. Uh, game one of the semifinals is going to be on Friday, July 9th at 7 o'clock UTC. Um, I'm not going to read all the players. Yeah, yeah, we did that you, last you week. Can go, you can check it out. There's a you, lot of them. They're great. The, uh, this is the sleepy time game. This yeah. is 2 a.m. Central time. 2 a.m. Duke Lukem. Yeah. Hang out. Yeah. Um, for game number two, that's going to be on Saturday, July 10th at 13 o'clock UTC, uh, featuring commentary by both me and you, possibly yep. EJ. Yep. Uh, game three is on Sunday, July 11th at 11 o'clock UTC, mm-hmm. um, and that's featuring myself and a special guest that has yet to be determined. Yep. Uh, game four is on Friday, July 16th uh, at 16 o'clock UTC, uh, featuring you, Matt, Me and, and another uh, special guest. A guest to be determined. We have a lot of guests we're trying to line up, and we don't know who they are yet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and then game number five is going to be on Saturday, July 17th, at 15 o'clock UTC, featuring both myself and Matt, uh, possibly EJ again, uh, for commentary. Uh, and then game six, the final game of the semifinals, uh, will be on Sunday, July 18th, at 14 o'clock UTC, featuring myself and a special guest. Yeah. Um, very exciting. Very, very uh, exciting. We are we are coming close to the end of the run of the 2021 <sighs> tournament, and uh, it's going to yeah. feel weird when it's done, because this has been six months <laughs> of stuff it's been a this lot it's been a long time in the making it's uh, always a lot if huh? you enjoy that tournament or this episode or our root content or our old dune stuff or neil hamburger or twilight imperium you can give us a five-star rating on apple Podcasts and itunes you can find our website spacecatspeaceturtles.com to find information about our patreon our twitter our discord our merch everything that we do come hang out with us please my favorite thing about Neil Hamburg's whole, whole deal is that he always has a drink that he's holding in his left hand, microphone in the other hand, and then he always carries extra drinks <laughs> that he holds close to his, his chest with his arms. And there could be one drink, there might be three drinks in there. And it's uh it's great. He is he is one of the greats. And also if you like on cinema I mean, actually, That's a whole thing. yeah, you can check out check out on cinema. It's pretty funny. Um, it, I feel like though on cinema is like a cult thing. Yeah, or like you're probably either in or you're out. Right. I'm not even in. I'm, I'm like, not in. I, I like watch. A I little would bit like of to it. be. I'd like to get a part of that whole universe. But at this point, it, it's like that thing of like I'm almost afraid to ask. I, yeah. I don't know the joke, and I'm too afraid to ask. Yeah, it's it's pretty deep at this point. Yeah. Um, anyways, I feel like uh, we're too tired yeah. to do some sort of weird thing here at the end. So sure. fart. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Space Cats Peace Turtles. Thank you to all of our patrons, and thank you to Brian Capillus for the use of his music. You can find more at wanderinglake.bandcamp.com. Thank you.